Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting the discussion of notes explaining the depaganization of the testimony of Luke, chapters 23 and 24. This is the final episode of part 3. There is not a lot remaining in Luke's testimony that is not just completely plagiarized text from one of the other testimonies. But there is still an importance to pointing out the fraud that has cursed the text of the New Testament for 2,000 years. The first note in chapter 23 is about verse 2, which says, And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar, and he claims to be Christ, a king. The statement being made here is evidence proving that the term Christ was not thought of as being synonymous with Son of God. The pagans understood the term to mean anointed one, which referred to the divine right of a man to be king, such as in the time of Samuel who appointed kings by divine prophecy. Accusing Jesus of supporting non-payment of taxes to Caesar was also a fraudulent addition by the heretic Luke, who was a Roman. The next note is about verse 3, which says, So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The statement was truthful and not self-exaltation by all of what has occurred as signs from God that Jesus was the anointed one, an heir by both birth and divine right to the throne of Israel. The next note is about the admission of verse 12. The statement, that day Herod and Pilate became friends, before this they had been enemies, has been omitted as irrelevant conjecture on the part of a pagan Roman Luke. It has no purpose for being in the testimony about the life of Jesus Christ, and it is an unprovable statement that was a curse of fraud now removed. The next note is about an omission in verse 34, which now says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The statement, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots, was omitted as another example of heretical editing. Not only does this passage show that Jesus believed God the Father was the only one capable of forgiving sin, but it is also plagiarized text, and it was intentionally added to end the testimony to give the content a sense of validity. The added statement follows the same pattern of heretical additions being made throughout the text. Fraud is a curse that has been removed in the depaganizing effort and plagiarism is a form of fraud. The next note explains the omission of verses 39 through 43. The conversation among the men being crucified in this testimony did not occur, and the addition of this material is false. While it might have been a literary approach to storytelling to create imaginary conversations in a work of fiction, this type of fraud has no place in a document that is supposed to be the Word of God. None of this detail appears in other testimonies, and it is clearly another example of literary embellishment. Despite its attempt to be somewhat inspirational in the moment of tragedy, it is a fraud and a curse upon the text as a false witness. The reference to paradise was also a pagan ideology. While some heretics may choose to argue that paradise and heaven are the same thing, they are decidedly not the same, nor is Valhalla. Both Valhalla and Paradise are pagan ideologies, and they are not aligned with God's eternal truth. Omitting fraud, removing curses, and depaganizing the text aligns it 
with God's eternal truth. The next note explains the omission of verses 45. The statement, For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn into has been omitted because it was fraudulent plagiarism and simply not truthful. This description appears in other testimonies, but that does not make it true. The sun did not stop shining, nor did the temple curtain tear. Neither of these events has any prophetic precedence, and both are completely fraudulent tales, having the purpose to add literary embellishment to the story. It was a curse of fraud, now removed. The next note is about an omission of verse 47. The statement describing a Roman soldier praised God was a fraudulent editorialization. The centurion was a pagan Roman who would not have praised God. The removed text was an alternate curse compared to other testimonies that had the centurion saying, Surely this was the Son of God, which is just as cursed and blasphemous as, as, as saying the centurion praised God. The curse is in the concealment of which God is being praised by a pagan Roman. And for what reason? Pagan Romans worship false gods and idols. Pagan Romans like Luke did not believe in the Jewish God. They worship false gods and sons of the gods like Hercules and Heracles. The statement was a curse of fraud. Now we're moved to depaganize the text. The next note is about a correction in verse 3, chapter 24, which now says, But when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. References to Jesus as the Lord are being omitted from the text because the use of this phrase had the purpose of saying that Jesus was God. Jesus was not God. And removing these instances depaganizes the text because pagans worshipped a man as though he were a god. The statement is a violation of the first commandment and it is not the word of God to contradict God's commandments. God is only one and Jesus was a man. The next note is about verse 4, which says, While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. The description presented was truthfully a description of the Elohim, the Shining Ones, God's holy angels. The two present at the tomb would have been archangels and likely the size of tall men. One of them was Raphael, whose powers are healing and the management of spirits and resurrection. The other could have been Gabriel, who has power over heaven and earth. Gabriel's presence would be appropriate because he would have had the power of taking Jesus from earth to heaven after Christ's resurrection. Gabriel's powers to bring heaven and earth together will be given to Jesus on the day of judgment. The event is commonly called the rapture. The next note explains the mission of verses 13 through 35. The story of two men walking with the supposed resurrected Jesus speaking to them from behind them is a fraudulent story. None of this story is true, and it is a curse of false witness for it to be in the text. The completely fraudulent embellishment does not appear in any other testimony, and it was a curse of fraud now removed. The next note explains the correction of verse 36, which says, While they were together and talking about what they had seen, Jesus came to them and said to them, Peace be with you. The text suggested that Jesus magically appeared, and that was the belief of the pagan Roman who fabricated this testimony. The testimony of Luke proposes that Jesus was an apparition of spirit only after resurrection, but he was truly healed and in the flesh until ascension. The validation of this truth is within the book of Enoch, who was returned to earth in the flesh to teach his son Methuselah and his family for one year. 
The pagan heretics did not know the Book of Enoch, so they only rationalized and embellished the post-crucifixion event with fraudulent details. The next note is about the omission of verse 37. The statement said they were startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a ghost. The statement was false and had the intent to explain the resurrection as Jesus was present only as an apparition among them. The detail was fraudulent, the same as other events where this was insinuated and omitted for being curses of fraudulence. The next note is about verse 44, which says, He said to them, This is what I told you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the book of Enoch, the laws of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. The statement, while I was still with you, has been omitted because it implied that Jesus was not present in the flesh. It was a pagan curse to imply that Christ had not truly arisen, healed, and in the flesh by insinuating that he was only a ghost, that he suddenly appeared, and that he was not with them. The curse of false testimony has been removed. A correction to the text was made by adding the details omitted by pagans and heretics who refused to accept the prophecies of Enoch, who foretold the coming of the Messiah thousands of years before Moses was even born. It was also Enoch who reported the crimes of the fallen angels who defied God and impregnated human females with children of their own known as Nephilim. The horrors of those creatures who were mutations on earth and ate the flesh and blood of men were the cause for Almighty God to destroy the earth with the flood in Noah's time. All the remains of the abominated offspring of the fallen watchers were removed from the earth and the fallen angels were confined in a prison of angels where they remain until Judgment Day, when all of them and mankind will be judged by God. The next note is about verse 46, which says, He told them, This is what will be written, that Christ suffered and arose from the dead on the third day. The verb tenses were intentionally erroneous because the pagan editor was attempting to present a fraudulent scriptural reference. The depaganization of the text reveals the truth and that we can now say it has been written. At the time of the writing of the testimony, it had not yet happened. It is relevantly a prophecy Christ spoke prior to his ascension, but it was erroneously quoted by a pagan heretic whose testimony had the purpose of denying the truth and cursing the text of the New Testament with a false witness. We can say now that it has been written, but at the time Christ would have said, it will be written. The next note is about verse 49, which says, I am going to send you the second birth in the Holy Spirit that the Father has promised. But stay in a city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The changes say what is truthful, rather than leave the statement vague as pagans intended as a curse. It is more relevant and truthful to simply say the Holy Spirit than to have denied it with vagueness. It has been a curse on the text that the pagan heretics have denied the Holy Spirit. But the truth has been made clear in the effort to depaganize the testimonies. The next note is about verse 51, which says, While he was praying for them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Christ would have prayed to God to bless them because Jesus was not God. The details of Christ's ascension have never been made clear in the testimonies. However, the details of the event are more completely described in the book of Enoch and in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. To be helpful, I can say that these events of an extraterrestrial originating object taking Enoch and Elijah into the heavens are not unbelievable today as much as they might have been in the time of Christ. 
The omission of those details about the departure of Jesus Christ are curiously missing from any of the testimonies. But the heretic pagans rejected the testimony of Enoch from inclusion in the Holy Bible because they wanted to believe that God was a magical power. God's eternal truth is that God Almighty is an extraterrestrial, originated, eternally spiritual entity. The feeble minds of unevolved humans in the time of Jesus Christ and later were not able to comprehend the truth of the Holy Spirit. Humans who continue to believe in the lie that God is a magical power, like in a Harry Potter movie, will refuse to accept God's eternal truth. They will be left behind in the rapture. The last note for this episode is about verse 52, which says, Then they worship God in return to Jerusalem with great joy. It has been corrected for depaganization and compliance with God's eternal truth. Worshiping Jesus as though he were God is blasphemous and an act of idolatry. It is a sin. The pagan heretics have cursed the text of this testimony with false ideology to support polytheism, which is a fraud. Do not worship Jesus Christ as God. Worship only God, the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ was just a man. The depaganization of the Gospels will continue, and not every bit of paganization has been identified in this series so far. There are points of depaganizing being discovered all the time. Based on the evidence presented in these podcast episodes, it becomes quite obvious that the New Testament has been fraudulently editorialized to create a completely blasphemous lie about Almighty God and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The criminals being identified as the Antichrist are those demonically possessed lunatics that call Jesus Christ the Son of God. Those devil-worshipping heretics are the creators of Catholicism, which is a fraudulent theology based on paganism. The message of Jesus Christ will finally be revealed to the world by depaganizing the Gospels. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for notifications of new releases. I am Michael.